Hi, I'm Van Kelly, and when I was in middle school, I used to take Counting Crows lyrics, rework them a little bit, and pass them off as mine to girls I liked. (laughs) Hey, I'm Paul Patrick, and I one time accidentally hooked up with a woman 20 years my senior. What is happening and welcome to our show, Every Day I'm Different. Now on the show, me, Van Kelly, and my co-host, Paul Patrick, will choose two random topics and discuss them in relation to our own experiences and stories. Now we hope you guys agree sometimes, disagree sometimes, but always tell us how you feel about it via our social media. What is happening, Paul? What's happening is I've got two comments for you about your fast fact today. Uh Uh, A, that's hilarious because in high school I passed off Bob Dylan lyrics as uh, my own writing in an English class. Gotcha. Like, um, I used some lyrics from Tangled Up in Blue to to start an essay, and then I went off and did my own thing, Uh and literally the teacher's comments were, this first sentence is really brilliant, but then it gets really bad from there. I'm like, well, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I was going to say like I, I mean, I guess the thing that people most know know what most about the Counting Crows are is like their lyricist and yeah. how they're a little deeper than maybe your average alt rock band. But still, mine was. Is there supposed to be a light on? Yes. There's but, no light on. No, 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 no. That, that's on my. We'll side. edit that out. Sorry okay. about that. It's always pointed the other way, so I'm I'm seeing no light here. Yeah, so. no, I got light as long All as right. it's not blinking. All right, we'll edit that out. <laughs> um, now I forget what I was talking about. Um, let's back up. Um, what they know about the Counting Crows, lyricist. Oh, <clears throat> so what most people know about the Counting Crows is probably their lyricist. They go a little deeper than your average alt rock band, but still. I was shooting within my range, Paul. The fact that you were like, oh, I'm going to take maybe one of the top five most brilliant <laughs> lyricist wordsmiths of all time. A voice of a generation. I don't remember what the essay was and about. Throw, I'm sure it was about like fucking holding Caulfield or something. No, no. I mean, it was like a, a short story. Like a, it was a creative writing assignment. Okay. And I just started it with uh, early one morning. No, no, no. It was um, uh, I had a job in the great north woods working uh-huh. as a cook for a spell. I never did like it all that much, and one day the axe just fell. And then I started working as like yeah. <laughs> it just picked up. It was yeah. terrible. It was terrible. So that's my one comment. And then I felt very, very bad. <laughs> <laughs> my other comment. And this is more of a did you see, did you hear about this? Oh, okay. Because um, I had one of those too. All right. But, well, I've got one. Speaking of Counting Crows, so their first album is called what? Oh, August and Everything After. But there's no song on the album called August and Everything After. That that's because they had a song, but they never apparently completed it. Yeah. Until just last week, they just released uh, a complete. I haven't heard it yet. It's probably terrible. Oh, it's been twenty years. If you're a big a, a big crow head, yeah. I don't know what you call us. Okay. Counters. If you're a big counter. Okay. Um, that song's been out. Oh, had there been an unreleased? There's been an unreleased. I believe version. if if I'm r- r- correct, and other you know crow heads can get at me. <laughs> um, it was just him with a piano. Very okay. similar to the um, other Radiohead fans, you know, early Radiohead fans. There's a, a song called True Love Waits that yeah. they had only played once with uh, Tom York on acoustic guitar, and they were waiting and waiting. I think Amnesiac is where that finally came out. 
as oh, like I don't a remember. Final I, I've heard a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, so those are like the two forgotten tracks I feel like from those early '90s or '90s 2000s bands. So I had heard it before. It's not my favorite song. I think they did a good job leaving it on the album. Okay, leaving it off. You mean? Leaving it off the album. Okay. The only song off the album I maybe like less than that one is uh, "Ghost Train." Not a big. Ghost I don't remember that song. I know a lot of the songs yes. on that album, but it's been pretty forgettable. "Raining in Baltimore" is pretty forgettable. Oh, I so. like that song. Yeah, really? I remember that song. A I bit. need drums and shit. Uh-huh. Otherwise, welcome to Counting Crows. Yeah, yeah, right. A Counting Crows podcast. <laughs> right, right. That'd be like okay. two episodes long. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. Oh man, I could go on forever. Mrs. Well, keep going. Mrs. Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. This I love Desert that Life. song. Yeah. Really, that, this Desert Life is actually a really solid album. It is. You're right. I said their right. first album and that one, and then fuck off. What started as a joke, now we're really getting into the Counting Crows. That's right. Let's move forward. <laughs> I believe my topic is first today, Tackle Paul. it for me, yeah. Yes. Uh, good play on words. Uh-huh. The Super Bowl is coming up. Oh. Hopefully this airs afterwards, so you realize <laughs> this is not posturing. This is my real take on stuff. Okay. Uh, but I would just like to talk about fan. Specifically adult fandom, but if it bleeds into our childhood, which I guess would inform our right. adult fan, uh, right. adulthood fandom, I'm fine with that too. Now let me clarify. You want to talk about sports fandoms, right? Sports fandoms. Even though I might argue in a bit here that that bleeds over into other types of – like fandoms are, have similarities across the board, but let's talk sports. Okay. Let's focus on sports. Um, Paul. Yes. Do you watch sports for entertainment? Yeah. Okay. I am not an avid sports viewer. When you mentioned this topic, my first thought was, I don't have much to say about this. But uh, football especially, yes, I will and do watch uh, and follow a team. Um, I'm curious. If I – I'll set – well, there's no over-under. But let's see who has watched more games this year. All right, so total football games, and I'm saying even for a quarter. Like yeah. You sit down specifically to watch a football game, whether it be a quarter or a half or whatever. This will show you what both a fair weather friend I am and what a fan I am. I've maybe watched three games this season. I would say I think I can only remember two for sure. Does that include playoffs? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't pay attention to the playoffs. I, I – uh, don't currently have cable. Uh, I usually pay a bit of attention to the playoffs, but uh, I'll go ahead and ruin it. Um, I follow the Bengals. Okay. Now it is has. I've never lived in Cincinnati. I'm not from. I've never been to fucking Ohio other than the yeah. pass through. You don't drink but, Skyline Chili like it's Kool Aid, baby. Oh man, sometimes those shots of Skyline Chili in that Bengals Cincinnati. <laughs> that uh, it looks the, the, the five way chili with the neon orange cheese on top. Why do they put it on spaghetti? Has chili chi- Actually, have you ever had that before? No. I've never had it with Cincinnati chili, but uh, Chili Mac's pretty delicious, I really? gotta say. Yeah. Okay. Over a mind. hot dog, though? Oh. No, you don't put a hot dog on it. I know, but chili on a hot dog is like the apex. It doesn't get any better than that, in See, my opinion. I feel like there's a difference between chili and chili sauce. Okay. That I, on a hot dog, eating chili, this thick stew of a chili, mm-hmm. just seems weird. And yeah, there's a lot of people who, they do only use chili sauce on their hot dogs, not yeah. actual chili. But... Uh, I feel like on uh, I think if I'm having Cincinnati chili I want it the five way on the chili mac okay yeah yeah. so anyway I anyway. follow the Bengals right. but I really follow because my best friends do um, one of my buddies I think that he chose the Bengals when he was a kid talking about kid fandoms in a minute right um, simply because he loved the uniform it's Bengals a tiger man okay <laughs> man there you go that was my tiger that was, right. uh, and another buddy of mine had lived in Cincinnati when he was a kid so they followed the Bengals and so for 
for years, I've been going Sundays to watch games with them. Okay. I haven't watched almost any this year because this year they super shit the bed constantly. But they always so, kind of shit the bed. It's I mean, Cincinnati. they've been making it to the playoffs quite a bit. They've not won a playoff game. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they have been in the playoffs a bunch yeah. in the last couple of years. Okay. Um, so... I mean, they've been kind of almost there. But okay. anyway, anyway, that's so, why I've only watched like two. Because my buddies, they fucking, they were so depressed and yeah. horrified, they stopped watching. Okay. So I've watched three games this year. Okay. Two of two of them have been, my team is the uh, New England Patriots in football. Okay. So they are in the Super Bowl. Yes. It is uh, around that time now. So I've watched the two playoff games. I think I caught them one time throughout the season. Oh, so you watched a regular season. And one regular playoffs. season, two playoffs. Okay. Games. Okay. So that now that's the current sport. Okay. Um, do you have any other teams that, that you would say you watch or are a fan of? Um, no, I, I guess I've followed the Redskins. Okay. I mean, we talk about the East Coast enough. It's not hard to guess where we're out of. Right. Um, so I've definitely followed the Redskins off and on. Uh, I've never felt like they're my team any more than their hometown. So you uh-huh. got to support the hometown team. Right. Like that. That's an interesting question. Maybe you're going to get to eventually. Yes. All right. So I'll, I'll hold off on the hometown okay. business. Well, let but, me first uh, start with this. Do you harbor any resentment or find people who root for sports team willy-nilly, like they threw darts at a map? Does that bother you? Personally, it doesn't. I get how some people would say, that's not your hometown team. Mm -hmm. You know, you're living in D.C., you shouldn't be following the Bengals. Right. Or, you know, you live in Boston, you shouldn't be following Dallas. But you and I both know that there's tons of teams uh, that have, you can walk into any uh, city in the country, and there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a Dallas bar. There's, there's going to be a Patriots bar. There there's going to be a Steelers bar. Always especially. be those people who just haphazardly pick teams based on uniforms and tigers. Right. Well, like I said, my buddy. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is I think it's a great story. Now, eh, maybe in terms for an of yeah. in terms of your question, what do you think about people <clears throat> who, as adults? Move. They were they were from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Now that's why there is a Steelers bar everywhere in the country. Everybody fucking right. left Pittsburgh. Okay, um, but what? Do you, how do you feel about people who move as opposed to um, keeping with whatever their current hometown? Well, that's is? a little bit di- a different question. Let yeah. me address what I asked first. All right. Um, I find it bizarre when people like different teams that are scattershot. Yeah. I, 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 for whatever reason you pick your team, I am pretty okay with, but it doesn't make like when you pick a team to me, it's almost like you're picking a region. Yeah. Right. So I don't understand the, like, I like the, the Patriots in football, but I'm a big Indianapolis, uh, Pacers fan in basketball. When it comes to baseball, I like the Atlanta Braves. I don't really understand that. That's it, weird. That's weird. Yeah, to me, if if you're going to attach to a big team, you should be like, all right, I want to support that city and all of its teams. Yeah. So I don't care, now to get to your answer, I don't care if you move and you're like, all right, my new town is my new team. I have a buddy, uh, uh, Fro Daddy, I've mentioned on here before, <laughs> yeah, Fro. He... he Grew up a Redskins fan, and now he is living in Atlanta. In okay. Atlanta, he's you know not diehard, but he buys all their stuff. He goes to all their games. He roots for them. They're his his team, for lack of a better word. And yeah. I get that. All that makes sense to me. Yeah. Now, me personally, and I think a lot of our listeners maybe can agree with this, or maybe were influenced the same way I was. 
the only reason I watch sports pretty much is because of my father. So whoever my dad was rooting for when okay. I was growing up was who I was going to root for also because I wanted to be on the same side as the guy sitting next to me, my role model who I looked up to. Absolutely. All that stuff. So my dad and my family is from Vermont. Now, I was one of the first men in our family not born in Vermont. So, I, yeah, a lot of my friends were like – you know, fans of the local teams. Yeah. But I went with what my family had always rooted for. Yeah. And to me, that makes sense because... Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, that kind of goes back to my question. If you move, you know, you you were a, a Patriots fan. Your dad was a Patriots fan. His dad was. You can't be all of a sudden like, fuck you, dad. I'm right. going to root for uh, the Colts. Exactly. So. And, you know, Vermont doesn't have any sports teams of their own. So yeah. it's like, I'm sure if, if Burlington had the Burlington Bears, or something, <laughs> we would be rooting for them, but we didn't. So it was root for the Canadians or the Bruins. Yeah, no thanks, Canada. Now, I, in a I'll similar strain, none of that. Um, I th- just think this is adorable, and it just doesn't seem like it's no. That what I'm about to talk about that it doesn't seem like it's happened in a while. But when a, a team moves cities, uh-huh. and specifically, I'm thinking of the I mentioned the Colts a second ago, the Baltimore Colts. Yes, you're maybe a little too young to remember the animosity. Oh no, I know the story. I've watched yeah. The Wire. I, yeah, well. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I forget his name, but right, right. Whoever the fucking owner was at the time, right? He's a scumbag. Know, literally, they moved in the middle of the night. Oh, they, they ran away with their. They ran away, them. right, in the middle of the night, and the animosity that Baltimore held on to for years, and they actually got like a weird. I want to say it was like a Canadian League team uh, back up the Baltimore Colts for like a year or two in the okay. early nineties, and I just thought that I just thought that was so cute how. <laughs> How much they still loved the Baltimore Colts and they were going to hate the Indianapolis Colts forever. It's, and how there's some who, I, I understand, yeah. are not on the Ravens bandwagon because they're not the Colts. Right. That, that we, I was a Baltimore Colts man. Yes. And this bullshit Ravens, you're not going to trick me. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Uh, well, yeah, speaking to that, and maybe this is what I'm culminating towards, my thesis here is I just really don't understand adults who take sports that seriously. Now, I will probably get chirped about this. I know plenty of bloggers and other podcasts that get angry at people like me for saying that sort of stuff. The main argument is like, this is their escapism. This is blah, blah, blah. This is how they relax. But what I don't... And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my perception and my experience through life is wrong. So let me put this out here to you, Paul. Yeah. It seems... Very heavily lopsided in one facet that that fans are like angry, always angry and hostile and violent. Yeah, and that is tend to be more sports. Yes, the Star Wars nerds will argue with you and get upset if you don't know the name of this droid. Same you with may have Marvel, a point there. but it's you never hear of like in Comic Con. People in a, a Groot outfit beating the shit out of people in Hulk outfits because they just <laughs> cannot even stand to be in the same room as each other. Well, can. I actually think that maybe there is some of that uh, animosity and hatred when things aren't going your way. I think in sports, it is way more prone to you losing as opposed to winning. Like, there's okay. not winning versus losing. Uh, other than I, I understand, oh, there's. Have definitely... you seen Infinity Wars, bro? No, but I... he won. He won. <laughs> no, Spider-Man I mean... is gone forever. Yeah, but people love the movie. They thought right. the movie yeah. lost. I got you. What what some people apparently in that uh, in that community get into is like, 
uh, Ant Man made less money than Infinity Wars, so my movie lost. Okay, and that that, but but is that coming to blows? And are people dropping terrible racial epitaphs online at other people because of that? And not shit? the not the same way that you're talking with sports. And yeah. you know, I, I've got uh, friend, my friends who follow the Bengals. Right, they sometimes take their losses and their shitty performance pretty tough and it i I feel i'm sorry for it like i i don't think i don't know what i would say i don't think weird about it or badly about it like i don't judge them but i also wish man i I wish they didn't take those losses so personally yeah and you know because it's always like how did we do and and you weren't on the field man you know it's not you you didn't you didn't let anybody down right so but you just i I get I get it because that's your. You were putting all your support to it. You were hoping for it. Yeah. And that's maybe where I disconnect from a lot of people in being a fan. I don't understand that connection. Yeah. And here's another thing that that may be a neg- uh, I may be a minority opinion on, but support is one thing. Yeah. But the amount of money adults give to these people as well. Okay. It's like. In terms of like merchandise? In terms of merchandise, you're seeing, I see so many American idiots driving around with like decals and and license plates, and then they have a hat, and then the windbreaker, and then their thermos. <laughs> it's like, motherfucker, at what point is, are you just a kid collecting pointless gidgets? I mean, yes, but on the other hand, is that so different from somebody wearing a band T-shirt? Or well, we've talked about that. I don't really like that shit either too mm. much. And I've I gone think- back and forth. I started wearing band T-shirts a lot recently, actually, and I think that's my new thing. Yeah. Um, and, oh, well, yeah. there's a uh, to me. There's a big difference between you know. I would never, even though I like, you know, like Paul Simon's probably my favorite musician, yeah. a single musician, period. I would never buy a Paul Simon t-shirt because that motherfucker doesn't need my money. All right. But a struggling middling band like Umphreys McGee or something that doesn't sell out arenas, they have no sponsorships. They don't, they don't sign lucrative deals. Okay. That goes more in their pockets more so than buying a fucking Dallas Cowboys pair of sunglasses. You know, it's like those guys are millionaires, 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 million times over. Stop giving them more. But you want to express your support and who you're rooting for. But support is not tied to monetary things. Well, in that sense, because you've got to express, you know, with a shirt or a hat, you've got to express it that way. Express with your mouth, with your actions. Well, they do too. But even that gives money to these people because the more you support them, uh, ticket sales, viewership on TV, all that Ah, kind of stuff. I get it. Like, yeah, I I definitely, we can talk about fucking, let's go murder the rich in a minute, but... (laughs) Um, let's talk the Redskins. Um, okay. Their fucking owner is Dan Snyder. Is yeah. he's a seems to be a horrible person. Yeah, not he, that he great. He just uh, uh, announced some big uh, innovation or what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, investment. He's got yes. a big investment he's just made, but it's in his yacht that's going to have an IMAX movie theater on. Oh, it. cool! An actual certified IMAX movie. What yeah. the fuck, motherfucker? There's I, a parking lot but see, in Alexandria, Virginia, that is laying fallow because, and it's right by a big mall. Yeah. But Dan Snyder owns it, and because he can't figure out the way to make the most money off of it, he uh-huh. just doesn't let anybody use it. So, like, fuck you, motherfucker. How do you need any more money? How do you I, need more money? I'm. He definitely doesn't. But to me, with the sports shit, it is a business. So, I mean, if these 
Muppets. If these Washington Redskin Muppets, these idiot, these trash people who, one, continually stick up for their stupid Native American trashing nickname yeah. that that don't even get me started on that. But the fact that they will continue and to give him money when he is treating it like a business, it's just so stupid. Like if you are a businessman and you buy a sports team and you're your uh, audience, the people who are buying your product are idiot addicts who will always show up for games and always buy merchandise. Why wouldn't you milk them? When that He's gets not into- a sports star. He's not in it for the love of the game. He is a businessman. He bought something. Milk those ye- hoople heads. Well, this gets into how I feel about business in the first place, too. Oh, yeah. I-, I could never be a businessman because I-, I don't understand why someone would buy a sports team um, not for the love of being a sports team owner rather than just the, the money, money, money. That is – I mean, yeah, you're right. That maybe makes him a better businessman, but that's um, – I'm going to label that as fucking evil. I And we can talk more about capitalism than right. we have before in the past. Yes, but I don't understand that. How, how much do you need? Yeah. You know, we're starving out here. I, I understand. But to a certain degree, I would ask the same thing of the fan. How much it's Redskins gear do you need? How much – how much do 49ers gear do you need? Yeah, that's yeah. a weird catch-22 of yeah. if it's you know helping you through your life and life can be shitty. And if it's your escape and you you want to do it, then do it. It's good that it's there. I guess. I just I, wish that there were yeah, somebody who actually loved it and had passion just, for it. I don't see a connection between escapism and rooting and being a fan and wearing a t-shirt. Or that's – I just don't see the connection between – if these athletes were, were making, you know – a, a smaller sum of money that I maybe agreed with for the talent and skill they had, I would be more behind it. Well, so this is kind of getting into you having an issue with professional sports. Oh, absolutely. Oh. And absolutely. I probably would agree with it, a lot of uh, what you would yeah. say about it. And I'm small enough of a fan now. I said I've watched three football games. You know, I'll watch this, I'll watch that. People always throw in my face, like, imagine if they were gone. Fine. Fine. I'm at a point, get rid of them. To the point where all this money could be going to something better than watching a bunch of men play kids games. Yes. I'm tired of it, but I'm grumpy about it, so... <laughs> Piss off. I'll watch it while it's there, but I refuse to buy the shit. All right. Now, one small other thing that to me is even creepier. It'll even probably get me more upset, but let's talk about it. Grown people rooting for college sports. College sports is a weird, weird area that I've never gotten into because just from what I've seen, it. I mean, the play is never as good, obviously, because it's the the level. I'm sure some of it's terrific. But now you did go at least to grad school, I believe, to a a major University of Georgia, a major college. And sure, while I was there, the the fanaticism and the cult around the UGA football team. That was always mystifying to me. Honestly, yeah. uh, football, home football games for me uh, meant I could get to the grocery store on a Saturday afternoon right. and there wouldn't be a fucking soul in town. Yeah. But then what fucking annoyed me, obviously, is as soon as the game is over, I can't go anywhere because yes. the roads were choked. Right. Um, so, yeah, I never went to a single football game while I was there. It might have been fun to go once for the party atmosphere. Because um, sure. that's mostly what, honestly, what fandom there seems like is mostly to go for partying. Right. Like the uh, Georgia-Florida game every year is yes. the world's biggest outdoor cocktail party. Cocktail party. Yeah. Um, which, again, as long as you're honest and you admit that, I understand yeah. that. I'm always looking for a great reason to party. But yeah. you'll never see me saying, you know, like, 
I never went to that. What is something I do just for the party? Oh, I go to a lot of Christmas parties. I'm never saying it's for the glory of God. Let me just tell you, okay? I'm never rooting a number one fan. I'm and there for the party. I'm there for the free booze. I have friends uh, from my time at Georgia who are dyed in the wool, red and black, mm. uh, go to the game still even though they're in their 40s at this point. Yes, yeah, um, get it. It's it, part of it's pride. Right. I get it's still part of the hometown pride because it's their school. It's when the, where they went to school. Sure. Um, and uh, I went. I did undergrad at uh, College of William and Mary, who is not known for their sports team. But uh-huh. I'll put a little plug in here for the Bob Newhart show. On uh, on the Bob Newhart show, he apparently also went to William and Mary. The character did. And oh. there's, a, there's a an episode where they're watching a Thanksgiving William and Mary game, and they get drunk because they do shots every uh-huh. time there's a touchdown, and it's fucking hilarious. And so the Bob Newhart show, check it out. And to bring it back up, I believe the Bob Newhart show was set in Vermont. Uh, no, you think of Newhart. Bob Newhart, I, I think, was said in Chicago. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what What about the... Twisted uh, sports into TV. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and we're going to come back to uh, Counting Crows. So just cover all, all, all mediums. Right. All, all right. Art. Now, the creepiest of all to me are the adults who did not go to a college... And then root for that college. Is that a thing? Oh, that is a thing. My okay. my own father, I hate to put him on the spot, but he was, uh, my father has always been more so than any sports team fan. My father loves sports. So even if the, like, let's say the Celtics are on or a big time, very competitive college basketball game is on, he will watch the college basketball game over the Celtics game because it's going to be better basketball. Really? Yes. So his explanation is when he came back down from Vermont, uh, Vermont was a very small market area. He came down the East Coast and where he lived, they started televising North Carolina basketball games, you know, when they had their big time players. Okay. And he was just like, I had never seen basketball played that well as a team sport, that athletic, the coaching, everything. And he was like, I just became a fan of it. And now he roots for... North Carolina Tar Heels every season, every year, no matter what. Okay, you know what? And it is fucking weird. I have a friend who roots for Duke. You're mentioning that reminded me. Yeah. And she didn't go to Duke. Right. Uh, but she's a, a crazy Duke fan. And that's what's so frustrating with it because it's like a lot of people think because it's college and it's not a, a pro thing and it's not – you know, colleges can be in the middle of nowhere type yeah. stuff. They can just be like, oh, I root for them. Because the people who always choose random college teams they never went to, oh, what a coincidence. They're always the greatest fucking teams. <laughs> you know how many goddamn non Irish, straight Anglo Saxon or Hispanic, like, uh, uh, people in America root for Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. I bet you they can't even tell you what fucking state it's in. They're not just closet Rudy fans. They uh... <laughs> Who knows? Whatever stupid reason it is, it's like, why would you root for these people? You have no connection to them. They well, just have a storied history. They're actually, I'm going to reverse on that because I've now remembered my friend who loves Duke and I kind of like that. I kind of like that they're being a fan more for being a fan's sake. Not uh, for the, the love of the, the actual institution. Right. For so then, Picking underdog. Reason. So I'm picking underdog. They could, they could, yeah. but I don't, I don't know. You want to win, and they don't win all the time. Right. So that's why I always root for Zambia in the World Cup. I just <laughs> want to be fucking surprised, you know? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, at a certain point, especially if you don't have a sports team of whatever stripe in your town, why not just fucking pick something random? And be like, I'm gonna be a. Uh, 
a Duke fan. I'm Again, be, Duke uh, is not random. Duke is the number one. If you live like, in, well-known you know, college team, Podunk, South Carolina, let's say, and yes. you you say, I've heard about the Red Sox all my life. I've never been to Boston. I've never been more north of the Mason Dixon. Yes. Why not? Fucking choose the Red Sox. Uh, Maybe you chose the Red Sox because you were a big Cheers fan, and uh, Sam Malone played for the Red Sox. Uh, so, uh, bringing it back to TV. Yes, my wheelhouse. So. All right, so yeah, sports people. In my opinion, just watch sports. Just don't don't immerse yourself in them. <laughs> Talk about them, debate them. These people don't need your money. Give it to your local stripper. Is that's it just advice. a? That's a funny. Uh, I remember how I went to this strip club. Actually, it wasn't a strip club in Georgia, but it was a lingerie modeling club. You ever heard of these? Mm, sure. Um, you walk in and you pick a model and you buy some lingerie and they Ooh. model it for you. Basically, it's it wasn't a strip club. It was an all lap dance club. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I took a tour of it one day uh, where there was nobody there and they were like, it's been on hard times. used to be every home game there'd be uh, asses to ankles in here. Yeah. There wouldn't be any room. But these days, people just go to the game. They don't come to our little poor strip club. So, so you're really? right. Support the sex yeah. workers of Support your town. Support the sex workers and fuck the athletes. That's uh, right. That's right. Well, the sex workers will probably fuck the athletes also. Yeah. That's a big, big As long do, as we're right? supporting the sex workers. Yes, that's true. So glad I was able to bring that little talking point up. Paul, speaking of sex workers. Okay. Why don't we move on to your topic? My topic is one that I, I what might have been surprised by your answer, but I'm going to ask you. Is there a an age range that you would feel uncomfortable dating or hooking up with? Is there such a thing when it comes to your romantic life? Yes. Is there such a thing as and let's remove legality from the issue? So yes. let's talk about eighteen or over. Yeah. Um, is there such a thing as too young or too old? Uh, <laughs> well, you pose two different sides of right. the relationship. Sure. The dating aspect and then the sleeping with aspect. Well, let's take them both then. Let's okay. talk about both. You know, I was yes. take, talking about romantic connection of any sort. More but specific let's talk to me, yes. Sex or let's talk dating. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, which one do you want to know first? Uh, let's start with sex. Okay. Sex. To me, sex is, to quote Kevin Smith's, you know, uh, famous movie, Mall Rats. It's 37? Mis- it's oh, Mr. No. Toad's Wild Ride. And everybody <laughs> wants Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And if you are the local expert at log splitting, I do not see the problem of spreading your log splitting gift around town to anybody who is of age and could learn a thing or two. Wow, so, you're really framing yourself as a master log splitter No, here. I am not saying that. I am sure, uh-huh. Paul, that if you took the average 18, 19, 20-year-old yes. girl, you could teach them things about sex. Oh, of Most course. Most older you men... Oh, you, you could teach. Ra- no. D- <laughs> stop, stop playing both sides of the fence here. I was not claiming to be a sexual expert, uh-huh. all right? Uh, I am just clearly saying that as an older older man yeah. or an older woman, there are definitely things we could teach the younger kids about sex, about safe sex, about being comfortable with yourself, about okay. the way things are supposed to be, about how it's not always like a porn, about some sometimes it's cool to be like a porn, yeah. about you know all sorts of kinks, all sorts of different things. Sure. So I am all about spreading the wealth to anybody. Uh, I think there is... I think there's nothing wrong with sleeping with an 18-year-old as long as you are honest about your intentions. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with sleeping with a 90-year-old if you're honest with your intentions. Really, whatever legally floats your boat, I'm cool with. Yeah, Maybe. on the upper end, I'll clarify as long as everybody's able to consent. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, they know what they're doing. Right. They, they understand what's happening. Yes, right. the breathing machine is on. Oh, God. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So what about yourself? What about yourself? Um, I would agree. Um, I would say that the older I get, the less attractive very young women are. Okay. Physically. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They they just look more and more immature the older I get. Okay. They they look younger and younger. And it's it's a very strange thing. Have you ever noticed this? The older you get, that say like movies or TV shows when you were a kid, um, characters who were older than you were at the time still seem older to you now, even though you might be like 10 years older than they are right now. Yes. Yeah, it's a I weird relati- all-relative thing. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but that makes... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but, uh, but the older I get, the younger a younger woman seems. Like, she might be you know, 18 or 21, 25 even years old, but the older I get, the younger they seem. And though, you know, yeah, sure, there's going to be the occasional nubile 18-year-old or, you know, very mature-looking 21-year-old who might really catch my eye. Um, I'm a, you know, red-blooded male, like most red-blooded males are. Right. Um, Straight males. (laughs) Yes. Um, So... Uh, yeah, no, um, I got no problem. I'm, you are absolutely right. For sexual gratification purposes of mutual parties, too old, too young, nope. In fact, let me tell you a short anecdote. I uh, had a buddy in college that he and his wife, um, they were 21, 22, and yet in my mind they still seem like they were 10 years older than me because uh, I was 18 at the time. And they were married. They were already married, yeah. yeah. They would walk around town playing too old or too young. Um, like oh. they would walk around town and be like, no, that, that girl's too young for my taste. That uh-huh. guy's too old for my tastes. Okay. Uh, just being very open with each other about who they would or wouldn't fuck. <laughs> okay. Uh, they were open with each other until he cheated on her in, in grad school, but whatever. That's fine. So, but, uh, so Goldilocks found just right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You got to find it just right. Yeah. And a buddy, this is very. So was his wife. Too old or too young for him. Though, I think eventually first... she was too old. Okay, sadly. gotcha. Yeah, that that stinks. Yeah. So um, now bringing it to uh, dating and yes. romance. Yeah. Uh, to me, this is a personal thing because I think again, going back to it, you know, whatever the heart wants, the heart wants. I'm pretty fine with that. I just think from my own experience, and I've fought hard against it. I've I've tried to be against the tide. But damned if it doesn't, just the rhythms of life make people so different. The things you need to put up with the shit is so different. The things you're concerned with, the things that give you anxiety, the things that dominate your speech and your thought throughout the day are so different. Touchstones. Pop culture touchstones. That at the end of the day, when you need to connect with your partner or have a conversation or be like, all right, let's set each other back to normal. Yeah. I've noticed myself when I am talking with girls of a younger generation or girls in their 20s, younger 20s and stuff, <laughs> that I it's like an anxiety. It's another chore to do rather than a comfort zone. Okay. It's like, let's try to find something we have in common because just what we naturally want to discuss is not the same thing. Right. So, and again, that's... 
I don't want to sell all 18, 19, 20-year-old girls short because many of them mature faster because they have to. Maybe they grew up in a single household. Maybe they've been working for a while. Maybe they just fucking realized how stupid young people are early and they found maturity faster. So now, I'm not ruling it out. Yeah. yeah. Now, I would want to say, first of all, that I'm actually a little surprised by your answer. Now, this is mostly because of your stated physical preference. Yes. That the fact that you like skinny girls, yes. and we've talked about this before, too many people equate it with you like young girls. Yes. And it, it is good to hear you absolutely, you know, concretely state no. <laughs> um, have you heard about the um, uh, the, the creepy age border there's like a formula and i want to say this originated on a tv show so it may be bullshit and it's completely arbitrary but i think you've told me before. half your age plus seven mm, and that's the, yeah. the creepy line yeah so no. half your age plus seven you know you, you can't date somebody younger than that right. and i would say that that's pretty bullshit yeah. maybe it's a good uh, a good boundary to, to work within but even right. then um, when I was 33 I dated somebody who was 27 mm. and even then five years six years there yeah. was just a ton of stuff we didn't have in common culturally historically so right. yeah, so yeah but my answer is going to be same thing that uh, I generally gravitate towards older and the younger someone is the less we're going to have in common in right. so many ways and yes there will absolutely be the occasional uh, exception that will prove you wrong. Yeah. But so yeah. here's a reason why I struggle with relationships and why I think a lot of people maybe do. It's because honestly, Paul, every day I wake up different. <laughs> it's, it's, I like listeners know me and Paul, you know me. I, what I want to talk about most of the time is not mature adult stuff. If I had a girlfriend who was always on my case about doing my taxes, getting my taxes on time, have you done this? Have you thought about this? It would drive me nuts and 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 I would definitely break up with that person. Okay. And most of my time I would like talking about superficial dumb things, art, uh, uh, pop culture, society, stuff like that. It's almost more of a... love how you lumped society and art into dumb, superficial shit, but go well, ahead. Well, I get what you mean. I get yeah, what you mean. Yeah. Not bills and taxes and, you know, uh -huh. who's picking up the kids, the baby, the baby, always with the baby, the eyes <laughs> and judging, all that shit. Is this a stand-up bit? All right, go it's ahead. It's old school. You remember? No, I know. Okay. I know. Um, and... It's more about almost how you talk about that stuff. I would have no problem sitting down with a 19, 20-year-old girl getting stowed and watching the Kardashians if we were doing it to mock them and point out the terribleness of what we're watching. But if I sat down, which I have, unfortunately, and had to space out and listen to the Kardashians as someone who is taking it in as interpreting as like, these are role models or these are interesting human beings. I don't like that person yeah. very much at all. Yeah. So it's much more complex than I'm just sort of stating. I I see that, I, and that makes sense. It's yeah. I don't know. It's I guess it's world wariness rather than bright eyed and bright eyed bushy tailedness that annoys me. <laughs> okay. But so does being browbeaten and down. If you know. So everybody annoys you. Everybody Getting back to this again. Yeah. Annoys me, Paul. Uh, yes, there is no happy. You're single. Yeah, uh, I know, right? Yeah. So, wait, you have to circle back on that comment. I will. About, so I'll circle jerk back. You would like to have a girlfriend who bothers you about your taxes, but you don't? No, I definitely don't. I right. don't. I want a girl who wants to talk about... 
nothing, but yeah. in an educated, interesting, analytical way. Okay, that is massively possible. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like sure. people people don't have to either be only uh, vacuous and or only talking about taxes because honestly, living a life only talking about who's taking out the trash, did you do your taxes, that's pretty vacuous as well. Yeah, job so, talk. See, I can never date somebody who I work with because just uh, job talk you know, drives me nuts after about five I, minutes. I am engaged to somebody who has a very similar job and I would say it is actually a very big strength because we don't talk about jobs very often, but anytime we have a job issue, jobs are a big part of our lives. Yeah. And it really, really is great to have somebody who understands. I've dated people before who have said, oh, I'll bring an issue that we've had in the classroom or with administration. And the response I get is just like, you you are so admirable. I, I am so yeah. awed at what you do. Like, you don't understand Ooh, what I do. I like that response, though. Go on. Yeah. My, oh, I'm, oh, keep I, going. Sure, sure. <laughs> yes, I, I, now that I think about it, I am admirable. You're right. Right, yeah. Agreed. But it is good to have somebody, but it's, it's but see, substantive stuff we talk about that it's that, our lives. It, it, like, that's what, that's one of the roles that coworkers fill for me. I okay. get my fill from, from complaining and finding empathy from my coworkers at my job. Yeah. I don't necessarily need it with well, you might understand that I need someone who's a little more specialized okay. sometimes in some of the, the issues sure. I deal with. Yeah. Uh, okay. Most coworkers wouldn't get where I'm coming at. But right. uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, so wait, what does this have to do with being too old or too young? Nothing. Um, <laughs> well, I, it's it's problem when we talk about stuff like that because we're both such open minded people and we're like, you know, really whatever works for you. So I want to ask because I was interested about you Obviously, you would you would go for somebody who was eighteen if they were you know unique in some way. But you don't have an upper limit. You don't have a. I don't think I'd have anything in common or want to date or even be attracted to. Is there not an um, age over which you, you're like I'm no longer because in our culture, obviously, yeah. youth is king, right? And so yeah, the eighteen year old woman. Well, everybody wants to fuck her. But the let's say sixty year old woman, like yeah, I'm not even. I'm going with the gilf territory here. All right. Uh, well, I may have used this analogy on this podcast before. It was one of my great revelations. It was on a poker night. Okay. One of our uh, the, uh, the old man, the old hippie who we play with. Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, we were talking about uh, sex with older women or something, and we made faces and made jokes or something like that. And he was like, "What do you guys think? You're never going to get old. Your wives are never going to get old. You're going to have to have sex with older women." And right. Like that is a, a truth, a reality. You know, maybe I might strike it rich and. That may never have to happen. Cross my fingers. See, this is interesting. You, you're phrasing it as have to happen. Right. Yes. Yeah. See, yeah. no, I perf- like I I don't think anybody in the world has ever been like, I, I really want to drive an old beat down car. I just think that's better than driving the shiny brand new one off the lot. I See, just don't think that's built in us. I, I think com- people do and they they don't have a problem with it. I just don't think that's what people yearn to do. Let me remind you of the Wes Anderson film, Grand Budapest Hotel, maybe. <laughs> at the beginning, Again. they find out that uh, Mr. Gustav yes. is dating this like 81 year old yeah. and she's like, but she was 80. Right. And he's like, I've had older. Yes. Uh, you know, when you're young, right. you have all the, the tastiest cuts of meat. But right. as you get older, you have to, to go for some so of the cheaper cuts. This brings me but to... But they have more flavor. I, I prefer them and I yeah. completely agree. So this brings me to my analogy. To me, it's like cooking a lobster. You know? <laughs> yes, 
I'm going to do it, but I'm going to have to be slowly boiled into it. It's not just like... I think, sl- I think you just throw those fuckers in there, man. Yes, but they don't die right away. You don't kill a lobster right away. You boil it and it slowly dies. I'm going to slowly have sex more and more with women my own age appropriate, and then I'll just wake up one day and I'm having sex with a 55, 60-year-old woman. So Versus me being like, oh yeah, I would do it right now. No, I need to be gently eased into it. How many? Or, or maybe even just to answer this question, yeah. what is the oldest woman you've had sex with? Or what has been the greatest age gap, maybe is the way I'll put that. Um, In my 20s, I hooked up with somebody who was probably, I think, like 35. Okay. And she's like a like a politician. She's a politician. She was a, I mean, she was a politician. Really? I mean, she was a friend of a friend. I didn't expect. Like a local politician? No, like D.C., you want to write her name down for me? I'm uh, curious. I don't remember her name. Wow. Couldn't pick her out of a lineup. I don't okay. know. It was All like right. a one-time thing. Okay. Um, and then also there's some drunken, you know, older woman that I can't even remember. I know I have, and I want to say she was older than 40, but I don't even remember what city or where it happened at, Paul, to be honest. <laughs> okay. I want to say it was like uh, visiting a friend at college or something okay. or a big city, you know. Okay. There are lots of old horny women in big cities for some mm, reason. All those cougars. Yeah, there are. So I, I don't know. It's just I definitely don't go out looking for it. It's but yeah, I wouldn't pretty call myself pretty. a milf hunter. Yeah, but pretty is pretty. I agree. Yeah. And like my little fact at the beginning here. So how did I accidentally? It wasn't an accidental hookup. I wasn't like oh whoops. Right. Um, but I was set up with when I was in grad school. I was set up with a woman. That a friend of mine said, hey, um, she's going to be in your town. Would you all like to have dinner? She seems really cool. She's a couple years older than you are. And I was 23 at the time. Yeah. And I said, hey, no problem. And meet her. And yeah, she was gorgeous and right. was really interesting. And throughout the evening, I come to find out she was 43. Okay. Uh, my friend had no idea. My friend thought she was maybe late 20s or early 30s. She yeah. looked great. Right. Uh, but I, I was super into it. Yeah. And that may be the greatest age gap. I definitely was like 35. Oh, no, maybe I uh, 35 and she was 55. Ooh. So that was... Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, you know, listen. <laughs> the the older women, they have more flavor in terms of... Okay. Not to demean or objectify, yeah. but the, the, it was very interesting. I talked to, had a lot to talk about, yeah. had a lot in common, and knew what she wanted. Right. And I got you to quote Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones... The younger whores smell better, but the older ones know more tricks. All right. See? Yes. And I like the tricks. <laughs> there you Anybody go. can smell good, but... I got you. Yeah. I'm a very visual man. I understand. Yeah, and so. that I, most humans are. Yeah. You know, when I was... I'm a little more not a surprise now, but right. when you first said... You know, oh, like if you went on Tinder, you do you have an upper age limit on Tinder? Uh, yeah, I usually keep it right around forty. Ah, see, when I was on there, I don't even remember what the upper age was, like ninety nine or something. Yeah, don't know. I don't know. You know, because okay. why, why count anybody out? <laughs> you could have a, a unique human connection with anybody. I understand, and also, honestly, uh, the few times I've like met and gone out with for a drink. Not necessarily even ended up hooking up with or anything, but women who are older than me in very much the same way in which I'm like, I can bring some experience and some gravitas and some real world experience to the younger girls in bed. Some gravitas. I, I, Go ahead. <laughs> gravititas. Um, and... <laughs> I, I'm like, I can bring some youthful zest to these older. I'm yeah. always envisioning myself as bringing something to the table that these women are missing. 
Yeah, I know. Well, well. <laughs> that is not an unright way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, when you come together with somebody, you're each bringing something, trying to complement each other. Right, exactly. And, at the end yeah. of the night, I'm just trying to have as much fun as possible with whoever I'm with. And hopefully trying for them to have fun, too. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a, a mutual fun shared yeah. experience. and what else is life but trying to do that? Exactly. Yeah. And for me, most of the time... Oh, Lord, strike me down. I apologize. But sex is more fun to me than than, than coming home and playing video games, yeah. taking a Xanax and going to bed most oh, yes. nights. Oh, okay? I agree. So for me, that's always what I'm, I'm, you, I'm most of the time striving to do. And I'll be honest again. And I want to cover this in a future episode about lying to get laid. Okay. But I'm always honest about my intentions. Yeah. And I, if the girl's legal and I'm honest about my intentions, I see nothing wrong in having sex with a 99-year-old to an 18-year-old. And I am lucky enough to not have to go out of my comfort range very often. And I don't begrudge those who do. Like I said, for a lot of people getting laid by somebody who's out of their zone or maybe a 55-year-old or 60-year-old is better than going home and playing video games and going to bed. I, I agree. I, I maybe I just thought just a second ago when you said 18-year-old mm-hmm. um, that there may be a certain point at which the disconnect and though you're not lying, you certainly wouldn't be lying to you know you tell an 18-year-old this is this is what this is. Yeah. Is there an age young enough where the age difference is so great that they can be unwittingly manipulated? Um, and this is not necessarily uh, the the one party's fault. If an 18-year-old boy or girl. Yeah. Um, you know, felt that they thought there'd be something more there, even though when they're being told, but uh, simply because they don't have the experience. Yeah, I think that's an asinine argument because that happens to people of the same age too. I've been down that road where I thought something was going to happen, and the girl was like, "Oh no!" And I led myself astray and thought I, I manipulated myself because I, yeah, you know, wasn't I didn't you know the girl I'm thinking of was had beautiful eyes and was super hippie and but very mature. I, and I, I I I hesitate to say it's an asinine argument because when there's a an age difference especially a greater age difference yeah. there is uh an implicit i think power imbalance you know in in the the current era the me too era um there there needs to be perhaps recognition of you know even just simply something as simple as being older might carry some power and some weight that when you're the same age, that that if you're not working more. in the same same job realm, well, like, it's I don't know. I, I I I mean, even power in terms of just life experience. Okay, that I'm there not might sure be how something you there. Wield that power. Um, I, I may be not onto something here. Yeah, this no, isn't a fully I'm, formed idea. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. Like, but just even somebody who has more life experience. I mean, like, I understand. If what you're you, 40 years old and you're getting, you know, you know, kind of roped into, uh, even though it's happened to you time and time again before, yeah. then at that point it's okay. You need to learn and move on. But if yeah. this is your first experience with a romantic relationship, I sort of see what you're saying because, like, you know, all throughout my years, even now to this day, if I like meet a 50 year old person in charge. 
and we're not or just like a 50 year old person, I'm going to take their word or be like, oh, they have more life knowledge than me. I should probably listen to them or adhere right. to them. Right. And I'm not trying to get pooned by these people. Right. It could be the guy sitting next to me going, hey, you didn't leave enough on your tip. I'll be like, oh, damn, you've got some gray along your temples. You got a Brooks Brothers suit on. I think you're yeah, probably we right about to this. age right. in some you know situations. Okay. Like yeah. That. So, so I'll kind of get behind that. I mean, legally, we are saying that an 18 year old can consent. So I'm yes. not saying there's anything even I don't necessarily necessarily think anything immoral I'd go no, as far as say not that. at all but it's just more as you get older and there is a greater age difference yeah. maybe it's something that the the one with the age yeah. that gives them the power needs to be cognizant of now what about this and this really doesn't have too much to do with the age gap thing but I associate it with older women and I've heard my friends maybe a friend or two have said this but I've definitely heard this on podcasts and I know people who've said it um, but have you ever like and I hate this term and I hate this phrase and I don't abide by it, but have you ever like hooked up with an older chick or slept with an older woman um, under the guise of like, oh, it'd be a great story or I did it for the experience. I hate that whole my concept. Um, like sex is fun and sex is the experience. Right. And honestly, in a way, t- just off the bat, that seems to be like either objectifying or even demeaning the person you're doing it for. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you're, you're turning it into, I'm doing it for the story. No, you you should be doing it for the mutual pleasure and of benefit sex. of those people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's pretty gross. That's pretty gross. I'm with There's you. certain things you can do for the story if you're both in on it. Right. You know, maybe if you both agreed, you know, are you going to do this for the story? Yes, I'm doing this for the story. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, it needs to be mutual. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. So just don't be a weirdo. Be honest and whatever floats your boat. I would say so. That so. is one of our mantras here on Every Damn Different. Whatever. Yes, you can be boat. a creepy old French dude dating one of the Olsen twins. Oh, you can is be, that really happening? I think they're both. Okay. I, I know one of them is like married to a dude who's like in his 60s. I got I you. The think. one that's that's most on my mind recently, I guess he's been in the tabloids a lot, but Bradley Cooper's new new lady. Oh, isn't she super young? Who yeah. is she dating? Who is he dating? Uh, I don't know. Some like French model or something like okay. that. Okay. And she's know. like super young. She's like 19 yeah. or 20. Yeah. And she's, you know. she's pretty hot. I mean, that's the one thing I'd say at a certain point, if I were still dating, I couldn't date someone younger than 21 because... You know, I want to take her to bars. I want to go drinking. I have, in my adult years, d- gone out with somebody who was 20. I got And they had a fake yeah. ID. And, yeah. man, I feel creepy about Here, that. I here's felt the, weird. Here's a probably, there may be some, like, statistic you could do, like, an equation to figure this out. But I'm willing to bet any man who's, like, over 40, like, which Bradley Cooper probably is, right? He's probably yeah. like 45 or yeah, something. Yeah, probably. Now. Like, if you're that old and you're pulling a gorgeous 18 or 19 year old you are probably of a status of power have enough money that she's not getting turned down for drinks at the restaurant you're going to sure like you can pay for that sort of shit yeah but even that just your description of it just now kind of wigged me out like what what does he possibly see in her other than and 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 for me i want to reiterate for me it is a physical thing like i like the I, I I don't like looking at younger women okay. sexually at a certain point because they just seem too kind of creepily young and no judgment on those people who because our culture you know finds the eighteen nineteen year olds they are the most attractive um, but I don't know to me it's I'm not so sure a, that's true and that's from a man who likes a younger looking chick I think I think if you if you were to to like poll what is what's what's the most consented upon 
What's um, the ideal age? No, no, no. The consider upon like group of people who are the most attractive. Probably like the Victoria's Secret Angels. Okay. Like I bet you their average age is probably more like twenty two to twenty five. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe twenty to twenty five. Eighteen to twenty five is yeah. maybe the ideal. You know, that's what people consider. Ooh, that's the hottest. And I mean. <laughs> You know, 67 Stingray, baby. Oh, I mean, oh, I don't know. There's something about just a... There's... Did you ever see that uh, Michael Douglas movie, Solitary Man? Oh, yeah. Love it. He hooks up with, like, his daughter's friend or something. No, his, uh, his wife's his, oh, right, 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 right. His stepdaughter. And she asks why, and he's like, well, she's so thin. Yeah. And she's like, well, but my mother's thin, slender, and, and he says, it's, it's not different. the same. Yeah, it's not and I get it. I get it. But me, I've always gone the other way. The, the thinness is, is too... Adolescent, too childlike to me, and gotcha. so I'm, I'm looking for a thicker woman. There you go, <laughs> thick on, my friend, thick That's on. Right. <laughs> and why don't you tell people where they can find us, Paul? Hey, go tell us about what we're wrong about with the ages of Victoria's Secret models on Twitter at edid podcast, and head over to Facebook and search Every Day I'm Different. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Van Kelly for Paul Patrick. Have a good one. See ya.